Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis, worried about what kind of identity fraud's going to be committed on me today, and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello, Swaff Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How did your lady partner react to you telling her that people, or someone, was acting as you on the dating app Grinder? If you don't know what we're talking about, check out the outro of yesterday's episode. Yeah, sounds like a funny setup. <laughs> Ends up being quite uncomfortable. Well, I told her this morning, because I forgot to tell her last night. I think I blanked it out of my head. Mm. And she, she was just like, that's hilarious. But she never laughed. <laughs> you know when people go, oh, that's that's really funny. Mm. But they don't laugh. You know, well, you just, it's like writing out lol in, in real life. No one ever laughs out loud. No, you're just saying it because I'm, tr- I'm looking for a way to win yeah, this sentence. Or like, to look like I'm being passive aggressive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so, so it was kind You're of You're being like, an idiot, lol. It's kind of like she recognised the humour in the situation, but she didn't actually think it was... It didn't produce that 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 laughter mm. response, probably because of the uncomfortableness. See, my wife has not heard it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but she knows? No. Um, I told her yesterday, when I got home, I was like, belting email in the outro of the of today's podcast she was like don't tell me i just want to listen to it tomorrow okay. so I, she she will listen to it today but i've not heard from her yet i told i told my lady partner oh and in the story but this was the thing that got the biggest reaction like because the when the chap messages the fake ollie davis on grinder and says oh does anna know about this i told her that bit and she went oh, they know my name <laughs> Yes, we've been through this. It comes up every now and again. I can't always call you lady partner. She was like, I don't like people knowing my name. This is why we came up with the term lady partner. So this yeah. sort of thing didn't happen. But then people had to go, oh, why did you say that for? It sounds weird. Well, she says she doesn't like people knowing her name. But it's that kind of like, ooh, she does. Really. <laughs> <laughs> she does. She gets a thrill. Gets the thrill. Anyway, what have you been up to? You got any good correspondence? We have got some correspondence, actually. So I'll read you this one first because we're enjoying your wrestling meeting or meeting stories. Oh, uh, yeah. When you meet wrestlers and stuff. We've also, actually, um, we I had some tweets yesterday from uh, Stephen Zuchich, who... Um, 
was the lad who met Rusev in a restaurant. Well, I, I was going to propose a name for this segment based off that story. Oh, yeah. Do you want it? Do you want it? Mm-hmm. Rusev, hey. Rusev, hey. Rusev, I, hey. Rusev, hey. Rusev, hey. Rusev, okay, very nice. Because you're meeting a wrestler. Yep. It's like Rusev Day. I mean, everyone probably already got... got <laughs> that, the, the, that's where the extent of the joke stops. I thought it was good. Uh, but um, That's hilarious. But uh, Stephen such did get in touch with me on Twitter um, to say, uh, listening to you talk about my Rusev experience just now, he was playing on his phone, not on it. Uh, like I said, I felt like an a-hole. I just tried to use PG, uh, PG language for the podcast. Also, the pig wasn't something I posted anywhere. Just shot a few, uh, just shot a couple of friends. Um, uh, also, thank you to Wally Davis for making me feel more uh, like more of an ass. Yeah. 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 Well, you know. You you know you're an ass in that situation. Yeah, I was going to say, Stephen. Like, I, I think he. Well, okay, I'll, I'll read the email that he, he sent here because he then sent me another email um, last night. Um, so it said, uh, "You read off my email about meeting Rusev on the Raw review. I was disappointed. You guys read it as if uh, read it off as me being a creep when I thought you would find the humour in it <laughs> since I acted like a doofus." Yes. Oh, is that? That's no, it. no, there's, there's another redeeming story well, by that, but I thought we would have just addressed Stephen's, address that, sure. Stephen's issues were at first. I don't, I don't know if that's the way it came across, because I thought it was quite dripping in self-deprecating humour. Yeah, we, well, what we did there, Stephen, is we worked you. <laughs> we followed you with the self-depreciating humour by making you feel worse about yourself. Exactly. That's, we em- just embrace the shame. Yeah, embrace em- it, yeah. I, I mean, if I told some of the embarrassing wrestler fan stories i've got i i would i just just thinking about them makes my insides want to crumble oh yeah i just want to melt melt oh, away i just so want to dis- i want to emigrate like, but like so- we can't celebrate these things no so we've got we've got to call them out as they are but we we feel you steven so- I'm sorry you you felt uh belittled but we are, we can be quite critical go and see crap gimmicks <laughs> awkward wrestler meeting from chris smith hi guys thanks for reading my poem after some recent stories of fans meeting wrestlers i'd like to add my own although i'm sorry about the length that's what she said despite me uh, i added that in yeah. despite meeting bigger stars like aj styles kurt angle and kenny omega this is my all-time favorite meeting with a wrestler for the sheer absurdity Five years ago, I was at WrestleCon in New Jersey, WWE's least favourite place in the world, and I tried to meet Brian Kendrick at his merch table after the show. When I was second in line, CZW wrestler Pinky Sanchez, who I'm guessing enjoyed some substances backstage, wandered over and slurred, Hey man, you gotta put money in the jar to meet Brian. He then explained that Brian's cat needed an operation and that any money I was willing to donate would be appreciated. Unfortunately, when I opened my wallet, I found out... uh, I found I was out of dollars. The rest were back at my hotel room across the street, and I only had pounds. Convenient. I'd, I'd, that's what I would say. I told Piggy Sanchez I only had British currency, and he said that, uh, said that he would talk to Brian. What follows one of the funny exchanges between two wrestlers <laughs> I've ever heard. Yo, Brian, does Captain Jack Sparrow care if it's British currency? <laughs> <laughs> 
No, man, Kendrick called back while still signing an autograph with the guy in front of me. Any money is fine. I can trade it at the bank tomorrow. For the record, the next day was Sunday, WrestleMania 29, in fact. <laughs> so I doubted Kendrick would be visiting any banks. But to be fair to him, he had clearly shared a few substances with Sanchez, so I won't hold that against him. I decided to empty all my useless British coins into the jar. It must have been less than £3 altogether, and Kendrick happily signed an autograph while Picky Sanchez shook my hand and told me what a nice guy I was. Two years later, I met Piggy Sanchez again and asked if he remembered that meeting. He didn't, but he did remember Kendrick's cat and informed me that Captain Jack Sparrow went on to have a successful surgery and was still with us as of September 2015. Thanks again, Chris. Oh, so the cat was called Captain Jack Sparrow. Yes. That wasn't just Sanchez's their name nickname for, for, for Brian, Brian Kendrick. Because, th- you know, th- there are similarities there. Yeah, and the captain's hook. Exactly. His uh, finishing moves, not the the bully choke, whatever they called it in the Cruiserweight Classic. What a great name for a cat. I mean, long. Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> Come on, Captain Jack Sparrow. I can do it, though, without thinking of the Lonely Island song. Yeah. This is the tale. Um, do you want... This an- whole town's of- <laughs> just waiting, waiting to, to get... get- <laughs> One of my favourite bits of... Um, uh, TV edits. You know, they do TV edits of movies where you take out yeah. the swearing and you, like, dub it over with things. It's where funk comes from in the Shaun of the Dead. Sure. Uh, it's four in the funking morning. Or, um, Melon Farmer. Yep, yippee Melon Farmer. My favourite one is from um, Scarface, which is, This whole town is one big chicken waiting to get plucked. What's the point? <laughs> what is the point of choosing Scarface to go on your airplane <laughs> movie distribution system. I if you're know. going to change... Like, why is that the line? Considering all the other things that happen in Scarface. Like, I just don't get where you start with trying to edit that movie for a, a pre-war... To, not even a pre-war to show, but just a, a non-explicit format. It's very good. Very good. Very interesting to point out. Well, oh. shall we save everything else for the outro? Go on, then. No, this isn't four years ago. We're talking about Kane's return in 2018. He's done it again. I'm actually excited to see Kane again because this time he was brought back to reunite Team Hell No with Daniel Bryan. How is that for a storyline I never knew I wanted? I loved it. I'm so happy. I'm over the moon. What an episode of SmackDown. How are you doing, Luke? Pretty good. I'm also very excited by this. I loved this episode of SmackDown Live. I've got my grievances with it, but we'll come on to those. But let's focus on all the really good stuff like this I mean, I loved the match that Brian and Harper had. I thought the match was pretty, it was getting pretty terrific, to be honest. And I was like, I'd love to see more, more of this. Yes, please. And that's why I was excited last week when the Bludgeon Brothers started a feud with Daniel Bryan. I was like, this is very interesting. And then we were all asking the question, where is it going to go? Who's the tag team partner going to be? I theorized it could be The Miz. And I thought when they did Miz TV, they might set that up. Then people thought it might be Johnny Gargano. Some people thought it might be Ty Dillinger. There was all these questions. And the question was answered just seven days later it's the return of Kane it's the one that no one really select, no one really imagined because he's now mayor elect of Knox County yeah I don't how does that work he's I don't think he's I think he's the Republican nomination yeah, to become mayor I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he's mayor elect he's mayor elect yes so I okay. mean he won but he's not officially mayor yet 
So it's like when 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 the president elect in that sort of yes, exactly three months. I think that I mean I'm not an American. I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm not an American. So what? I, I don't overly know how the American politics system mm. works. I don't think Americans know how it works. <clears throat> it seems ridiculously complex sometimes. I stay up usually to watch like the the the, the presidency, like and when the elections come in, and every time, every four years, they explain to me how this all works, and every time I go. Nope, don't get it. Yeah. It's the same way when someone tries to explain to me how the Super Bowl works. Glaze over. And I just like, no, don't don't get it, mate. Abs- this makes zero sense. Just tell me who the two teams are who <laughs> might win and I'll put a bet on like and it, eat some like chips. There's such an easy way to do a tournament mm. and they have mounted fun. The most complex way of doing it. It's like it's like Vince Russo invented the Super Bowl tournament. I'm gonna explain it for you. Yeah. It's the G one. Just imagine there's block A, there's block, block B, B yeah. but sometimes block A and block B also play each other, and sometimes there's more... You're right, it's yeah, So, Kane, Kane and Daniel Bryan, Kane and Daniel Bryan. I've never heard Dave Meltzer talk about the G1 and talk about, like, where he just goes off on a tangent being like, well, this person could win if you get this person here and do this, this, and this. And it's just like, Dave, you've just said nothing but words, and none of it has meant anything. And half of them are, you know... You know, uh, you know well, it could be... Well, you know. So, Kane and Daniel Bryan, they... It started off, as you said, um, with Miz TV opening the episode of SmackDown and the Bludgeon Brothers come out and they they had a quite fun performance, made better by The Miz because they were being big and intimidating and stoic and silent and The Miz was like, hey, maybe you could join The Miz Taraj, we could do this together, take or, out Daniel Bryan. Or he can have roles in Rough Rough Ref. Which I thought was really funny because there was like so Miz is asking the questions and then would like hand the mic over to them but like take a step back. I see what I loved about this opening segment. This I felt this accomplished three different things. It kept the plate spinning of Daniel Bryan versus the Miz. It continued the feud between Daniel Bryan and the Bludgeon Brothers, and also established that the Bludgeon Brothers and the Miz are not affiliated. Mm. The Bludgeon Brothers did not beat up Daniel Bryan last week to help the Miz, which some people thought it might have been. Yeah. And the, yeah, the way they're keeping Miz and Brian apart is masterful at the moment yeah. because we all know that's where it's going. It, that, it like this is a fine thing to be predictable, and you just keep them apart, let that keep bubbling in the background, build that anticipation. Miz also had a wonderful line where he talked about beating Brian when he was at hundred <laughs> percent. When he wasn't, he wrestled two yeah. matches and then like he was he beaten laid, up by the Bludgeon Brothers. He laid him out and then he stood up 100% and I beat him. Yeah, so this this is when Daniel Bryan comes out and he says, hey, uh, he, he, he says this line. Um, where is it? Sorry, I've, I've lost my notes. He says, I have the heart to beat anyone. If anyone else said that line, that would have sounded terrible. But when Daniel Bryan said it, I was like, yeah, you do. Mm, come on, baby face. Can you imagine if Roman Reigns had said it? Boo. Boo. <laughs> and but Brian effectively says, which one of you am I going to fight first? Yeah. That's which is a badass line. So cool. Makes him look like such a like such a badass dude. And then Luke Harper doesn't grab the mic off Miz. He grabs Miz's whole arm and brings it up to his face. And he's like, you just don't get it, do you? Brian or something and then it transpires that it is Luke Harper versus Daniel Bryan for the main event and I must admit at this point I got a bit snotty mm. yeah I was just like you know oh so this is gonna be a longer thing I thought like we're gonna have like, of all the people you got AJ Styles Jeff Hardy Shinsuke Nakamura Samoa Joe on this brand and Daniel Bryan's 
first two feuds, first proper programs after coming out of retirement, not counting the WrestleMania match, is Big Cass and the Bludgeon Brothers. And I like the Bludgeon Brothers, really like Harper, but that's what you're doing with Brian? Well, I mean, to be honest, I also thought this when the reveal happened, because my I, my first thought was like, wow, like Brian's made his comeback, and his, all he's done is had a feud with Big Cass, and now it's a nostalgia act. And I was like, yeah. that, and that's always a bit concerning. But at the same time, I mean, I'm, the, the ending made me smile so much that I'm like, I can look past the fact that this is just a nostalgia act and there probably is a better use of Daniel Bryan on the show. In fact, there's multiple better uses for Daniel Bryan on the show. But, man, you know what? I'm looking forward to that Extreme Rules match. Yeah, so let's fast forward to uh, what happened in the main event where it was Luke Harper, Daniel Bryan. Uh, that Brian was showing what was shown shadow boxing with Galanderson before the match. Weird. Going into the break. Which was weird, yeah. It's not like he's AJ Styles or Finn Balor. He's an honorary member of the club now, I guess. I guess so. Daniel Bryan joins Bullet Club confirmed. <laughs> he's all in. He is all in. And uh, it, I, I like it because it makes the backstage area feel like a living, breathing universe where like, everyone's yeah. connected. Mm-hmm. And you're not just like limited to who you're interacting with in a storyline. And they had, like you said, a, a pretty decent match I wasn't as into it as you were. I just thought it was a pretty decent match. I'll tell you why I found this was a really decent match. Because I really liked the opener as well. But I felt that everything else throughout the show was rest holds. Like, there were so many rest holds across this show. And I was like, oh man, I cannot, I cannot stand to look at another rest hold while an ad break is on. And then we just do it. And it was just, I just felt that everything was becoming really formulaic and it was really starting to annoy me. But this actually told a story instead. This was strength versus speed. Mm. They did have a rest hold spot, but they did, it was strength versus speed. And I like, all of a sudden I was like, oh yeah, cool, wrestling. Yes, I do enjoy watching wrestling, actually. I enjoy watching more than just rest holds. You like offense and defense and offense and that, defense. That's exactly yeah. it. I mean, good. That Eric Young Jeff Hardy match was, oh, we'll get to it. Mm. But. I, so I, that actually like, kind of picked me back up again. Although Corey Graves said there was this really odd thing where they were talking about like Daniel Bryan just doesn't get it. And he's like, Jamie Lee Curtis has been trying to stop Michael Myers for 30 years now and she still hasn't managed it. And I'm like, mate, she's won all the time. Like, every time they've, they've crossed paths, she's always won. With the exception of one, and in all fairness, she opted to take that loss. Yeah. Like well, that was she only is she only signed on for that match so she could lose. I think that was Corey Graves intentionally trying to annoy you, <laughs> super Halloween fan over here. Do you want to? No, that, show that's everyone? A, that's, I have a Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, sorry, I keep getting them mixed up. Do you want to flash it anyway? No, I'm fine. It's, oh, a, it's, it's, it's my, so pretty. <laughs> it's my tattoo from when I was 18 years old. It's 14 years old that tattoo, and it bloody looks it. But uh, I think the Halloween franchise is mostly broadly fine. Well, I, I another thing that so I wasn't as a, I enjoyed the main event, um, but it, I was nothing to write. I've hardly written any notes, to be honest. The only thing I've of note for me is that this is probably Luke Harper's longest singles match yeah. since April 2017. Yeah, probably. Because, well, on TV at least, but probably on house shows as well, because the Bludgeon Brothers just squash people. They, they go very matches. quick. Even at pay-per-views against the Usos, they've been very short matches. But here, this was a, a proper long, when about 10, 12 minutes singles match with Daniel Bryan. Harper's great. But anyway, the, Bryan gets the yes lock locked in and Eric Rowan runs in. DQ finish. Another copy and um, paste yeah. thing from the previous night, which happened a few times on this show. Uh, but the Bludgeon Brothers start beating down Daniel Bryan. And that is when 
Kane's... I thought that's how this episode was going off air, with the Bludgeon Brothers posing afterwards. Never in a million years did I think Kane's music would hit and him walk out, beat up the Bludgeon Brothers, save Daniel Bryan, and then have this terrific, really milked stare down where it's Kane just looking at Brian. Brian's scared for himself. You've got to remember, the last time Brian interacted with Kane was back when it was Survivor Series 2017 and Kane chokeslammed Brian. Oh, backstage. Backstage. In, like, yes. When Brian was retired and the lights cut out and it, yeah, Kane took Daniel Bryan out of general managing action, not physical action. So, of course, he's going to be scared. So he scurries into the corner and then Kane raises his hands, not to ignite some pyro from the corners, but for a big old, big old cuddle. Yeah. And Brian is like, no, no, I'm not having it. And he milks it perfectly. He goes to get out the ring, but just so the, the crowd are going crazy for hug it out, hug it out, they're chanting. Brian turns around and then they have what seems to be such a genuine embrace. Well, if you read Daniel Bryan's autobiography, like he loves, he loves Kane. He mm. absolutely loves. He's like we got very different political views, but that's kind of what makes our relationship so much fun because we sit there and we could just talk for hours yeah. about various different things. He is, a, he's got so much adoration, admiration, and love for that man. If that is not just a brilliant example of bridging the divide of political opinion. Kane and Daniel Bryan, Doctor Shelby, you work miracles. Well, here, uh, here's the thing. So I was thinking about this on the way here. You can see why now they're doing the Bailey Sasha Banks thing on Raw because I guarantee, I, I almost can guarantee it. They decided we're going to do the Kane and uh, Daniel. We're going to reunite Team Hell No on SmackDown, and then Vince was like, "Oh yeah, what well, that Doctor Shelby lads? Like, that, yeah, he came in. Oh, we could use him again." Who have we got on Raw? Oh, we'll do it with that feud there, and we'll bring him back. It's just like, within the same two shows, Therapy and these two guys reuniting, I'm like, Dr. Shelby is the clear link mm. between these two of why they decided to do that angle on Raw. So, so yeah, this is, I guess, this is the question 12 minutes in. Uh, <laughs> what next for Daniel Bryan and Kane? And yes, I I think, well, I would love, I don't. I actually don't think they'll cross the streams. I think they'll just have oh, a no, copy and paste yes. uh, to quite similar things going on both brands well Kane and Daniel Bryan don't need the help mm. they're already well, well so Sasha Banks and Bailey are sent to counselling Dr Shelby was about anger management so it's kind of different but who cares it's not like there aren't enough logic holes in WWE as it is so Dr Shelby's there and he goes well as an example of how what you two could become here's some past clients of mine mm-hmm. and it's Brian and Kane and they could do a little bit. That's the only way I've, I've figured out to cross them. Cross them. Over. That could possibly work. Uh, I also watched the se- one of the segments of Doctor Shelby and Team Hell No this morning, <laughs> back back from the day, and it's when Kane, Doctor Shelby's like, "Why don't we talk about anger and why we're all so angry? How about you, Kane?" And it's you know a circle of people sitting down in the kind of help session, and Daniel Bryan just goes. Oh, this is a bad idea. <laughs> and then it just slowly zooms in on Kane, recounting all the crazy stuff that's happened to him. I was locked in a basement. My half-brother Undertaker burnt. 
my family and, and then it like does this crossfade to insinuate a lot of time has passed in between these these tales and he's been talking forever um i once had a girlfriend called katie vick that didn't work out too well <laughs> uh, i've got an unhealthy obsession with torturing pete rose <laughs> i last locked my dad paul bearer in a meat locker so those those segments were so so good way better than they had any right to be and it's like it's seeing that love and watching them back together this is nostalgia done right Mm -hmm. yeah i'm I'm, I'm really happy with this i'm really excited for the extreme rules match although in your answer your question of what next for daniel bryan and Mm. kane i think this will end up being a one and done thing i hope so because i still i'd imagine the plan is to do brian miz at summerslam so you, and that's mm. that's after Extreme Rules. So you kind of want to do this to like they don't win the tag titles at Extreme Rules, and then you can move on to Brian and Miz come SummerSlam, and Kane can go off and do his mayor, you know, mayor stuff. Yeah, Kane really has, as we saw, Kane has no business sticking around longer than a month. He has a short shelf life at yeah. this point because I thought I was a really big fan of his return last October when he popped up out of nowhere. What was it? Twenty years since his bad blood. Yes, debut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he pops up in that cell match with Strowman and Reigns, and that that fed into that was the go home angle for TLC that year before everyone got pulled from that show uh, with with viruses and whatnot. But that was that was really good. But then he stuck around, and you're like, ah, it's limiting. Ah, I'm a, I actually don't want to see you in the main event as a singles main, push. The main event. He was in a title match at the Royal Rumble. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, and I was because I was looking back through what Kane did after. I was like. Oh, yeah, and then he had it like a match with John Cena on Raw in February. And he was in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal for- at WrestleMania 34. I forgot both of those things, actually. The I know. John Cena one in particular, but I didn't. I could have swore if you'd have asked me was he in the battle royal i'd have said no i don't think he was on the card at all yeah i just thought well he finished at royal rumble yeah didn't he? yeah he, yeah he disappeared. and then he just disappeared yeah I actually, no. I actually i'm so glad i did it now because i nearly said in my review <laughs> he made his return the first time since the royal rumble i, was, I, I would i would have put money down that that was the case yeah so that's if that doesn't tell you that kane should go away as soon as possible i don't know what <laughs> what else can get that over but that's not to say that he's excellent as this three-week cameo thing really good this was such a good storyline and it's it's a testament to the episode that they can they can make this work mm-hmm. with no Samoa Joe no AJ Styles no Shinsuke Nakamura no women's champion Carmella on this show nope. and this was one of the best episodes of Smackdown of the year and it, it, it's mostly down to this ending I I mean I if only they had changed the middle of this show it could have been a, a SmackDown show. Well, original plans with Nakamura, maybe, maybe so. Maybe so. Yeah, yeah. It, it could have been because yeah, <laughs> the, the middle portion of the show left a really bad taste in my mouth. But mm. we'll we'll come on to that in the full review. But the, uh, the the last thing to say on it, what next in the immediate future is that Extreme Rules match that wasn't announced on my feed. Oh, is it not? It was announced no, on mine. Mine, yeah. mine cuts off when. Kane and Brian were celebrating. No, uh, Paige comes out and essentially yeah. was like, I don't want to like interrupt your parade. I was like, I mean, you've just stopped his music to play yours, so you kind of have stopped the parade. And she announced there's going to be the Bludgeon Brothers versus Team Hell No at Extreme Rules. Yes. Yeah. Interesting thing about Extreme Rules that I've suddenly realised, though, is that they've announced all of these matches, but no stipulations for any of them, which is kind of the gimmick with Extreme Rules, is they're meant to all be stip matches. At the moment, they're just all regular regular old matches. It's rumoured that Owens-Strowman will be in a cell, 
but in that a cell? is a, in a cell. Yeah, like they're gonna a, a sorry, hell... sorry, in a cage. I was gonna say, not gonna do a Hell in a Cell match just a couple of months before your Hell in a Cell pay per view. Don't put that past them. <laughs> I got my steel fortified struct super super, super, super structures structure. confused, but yes. Uh, so they will be fighting for the tag titles at Extreme Rules, which, you know, they should lose. Yes. Otherwise, that would mean Kane sticks around and want Brian to go on for that Miz feud. So maybe Miz interferes. We tricked you, it's not the whole review yet. We're doing some Patreon shout-outs to our 20, $25 and above. $25 and above pledge hammers. Thank you very much. Thank That's you an so extraordinary much. amount. And you keep this show going. It's because of your support that we can do all the fantastic things we do. And I want to say a big thank you as well to those $25 pledge hammers who suggested some corking suggestions for this month's Wrestle Ramble Extra. Mm. There's eight suggestions. Four of them are Bash at the Beach uh, pay-per-views, given that it's the month of... Well, it will be in the month of July. But there's also Dominion 2015... D, uh, Destination X 2011 and oh what's the other the other ones we've got uh, WWE Vengeance 02 I think there's a weird one in there as well isn't there from 2011 uh, no, like that's just a B show there is uh, no I think you're thinking of last month I think I've got it here somewhere it's Capital Punishment that was Capital that was Dan. Dan Dan's suggestion this month. Judgment Day 2009 no that that's no, an old that's poll. an old one that's an old poll hold on this is great television uh, Great, Great American, American Bash 05. That was real Dan's Dan suggestion this month. Dan is trying to lose. <laughs> That's what he's trying to do. Although he's not. He's not. He's Dan absolutely so not. Famous. Poor old Bash of the Beach 1997 with 0% is very much losing this poll. How none of you suggested Bash at the Beach 96, the one where the NWO form one of the most important wrestling pay-per-views of all time. I mean, you say that. Do you know what else happened in July? Invasion. Holy moly, we're not doing Invasion. Yeah. We've got to wait a whole year until we get to rewatch that masterpiece of booking. But for now, here are your Hall of- Wrestle Talk Hall of Fame induction rings. rings. Get it? Paulie Dangerously Jarman. The $100 Man CD Horver. Horver. The Craftsman Blake Carpenter. Michael, name your price. What you talking about, Jerry Willis? Caught in a Travis Webb. Courtney Villainous Havoc Summers. I trust you as Sam Farah as I can throw you. David Hendrix's God, Mackenzie. Christopher the Condor Johnson. The incredible Jorge Enriquez. Rob Pontin Problems Pontin. Matthew Preston City Wrestling. Sean Far from Bland Blandford. Stem Cell Robert Stemmon. Big Ben Spires. Dead the Pool Warrior. Britain's next top model, Phil Stopford. He loves correcting our editing because Phil's an editor himself and he's always like, oh, couple of audio peaks on that video. Yep. Cheers, Phil. <laughs> always appreciated when you say those things. Keeping us on our toes. Yeah, absolutely. The stepbrother, Brennan McCulloch. And killer Chris Phillips. That is the first one. That's the first 20 names of this month. So the rest of you... If you had uh, your name missed off, we'll be on t- on Saturday's Wrestle Ramble episode. And if you want to get a shout out on this show and suggest topics for 
uh, Fantasy Booking Warfare and the pay-per-view Wrestle Ramble Extra reviews, then head over to Patreon now and become a pledge hammer for Wrestle Talk. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So we've already kind of talked about the opening segment that was Ms. TV welcoming the Bludgeon Brothers and doing a quite funny uh, back and forth interview. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wasn't perfect in my eyes mm. because they just did this thing again where Miz, to, to get around the fact that the Bludgeon Brothers are stoic and non-talking, Miz would do a little comedy bit with them and then throw to what happened last week. And it was Daniel Bryan, a clip of Daniel Bryan saying Miz isn't in the top stars and Tom Todd Phillips recapping what happened. And... It was it was actually quite seamless, and I think that's more down to the Miz's abilities than anyone else's. But it's so stagey. I, I, I really, I, they've really started doing it a lot over the last three months. Yeah, you don't like uh, the video recaps of things. Well, I like video recaps. I don't when like... When people throw it on the, to the time. Yeah, time. like having a live promo, do a bit of live promo, then throw to a video package. Here's one I prepared earlier. How, how else can I make this more, you know, pre-planned and not organic? and then back to more live in-ring promo. It doesn't bother me as much as it bothers you. That's fair. Uh, and that that's when the main event was made. 
And then the first match, which you said you were a big fan of. I was a big fan of this. Xavier Woods versus Rusev. Number one contender to the WWE Championship, Rusev. So here's what I really liked about this. The fact that the promo at the start was there to remind us that Rusev Day are still heels, and they very much are still a team, so that's a good thing, Mm. is that I felt that this also accomplished accomplished something within this. It was perfect to put them against the Rusev because they could do comedy nonsense. And the you know what you just said? What's that? It was perfect to put them against the Rusev. Did I, I mean the New Day? Did I say the Rusev? You said the, the Rusev. Rusev. Oh, I'm, well, <laughs> then what's happened? Clearly, I've not had enough tea today, and I haven't actually had a breakfast. Um, it was perfect because they to put them against New Day because New Day can do comedy nonsense, and Rusev Day have been doing a lot of comedy nonsense as of late. So it's fine. It's like, yep, they are still doing comedy stuff, but. Rusev is also an incredibly intense wrestler and he can turn that around when he's like I've had enough of comedy now and just you know when he kicked Xavier Woods and then locked in the accolade and he was like pissed off and he was angry because like Big E was on the outside holding up signs that said ouch like it was Wiley Coyote and he was like no enough of this and he locks in the accolade a wicked looking accolade and be like I'm gonna win the WWE Championship it made him look like a credible threat to AJ Styles. So I thought actually from a booking standpoint that was really smart. You're right, that's really interesting that they used comedy to transition Rusev away from comedy. Yes. Because if Rusev just went in there and squashed a jobber or even had quite a dominating performance against someone higher up the card who's serious, yeah, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have been as impactful. You needed that I'm stuck here here is what I was and now I've become and in te- this is what I've always been, actually. Yeah. Like, I am this Bulgarian brute. I am Rusev Crush. The super athlete. And I thought it did a really good job of giving Xavier Woods the rub. Mm-hmm. Because this is the number one contender to the WWE title, Rusev. And Xavier Woods, just by being in there, usually that doesn't matter. Um, but for some reason, well, it should it should matter. But WWE have made it a bit redundant that these number one contenders are something to be reckoned with. But here I thought it worked, and and Xavier Woods, although only really got about 30% of the match, looked really good in it. Yeah. So everyone came out of this looking better than they did before, and that is the highest compliment you can give to a TV wrestling match. I think that Xavier Woods is such a... He's a great talent to have on your car because he is someone that can look... He can make other people look great, while at the same time himself looking really good as well in defeat. Very he's good. a great seller. It's a very good seller yeah. as well. Yeah, really good. Really enjoyed the opener. Uh, Aiden English's hair has grown out again, though. Yep, I mean... He looks good with the shaved noggin. I know, man, but you know, Baron Corbin's doing it now, so you've got to try and yeah. do something different, haven't you? Uh, so, yes, yeah. And, and Rusev cut a, a really good promo at the end after making Xavier tap in the accolade. And he almost... Rusev Day, like you said, has been this comedic chant and this comedic catchphrase but when Rusev at the end said I'm going to win the title and it's going to be a you know like a, the best Rusev day I didn't think oh Rusev day cheap pop comedy I thought that sounded badass yeah and I tell you what man dueling chance of AJ Styles and Rusev day like this is a feud that people want to see I think this might be a sleeper hit like when it Extreme Rules This might be one of the most Heated matches on the card If they keep this bubbling away It won't be the main events But it will certainly be Like a really Like heated Mm. Upper mid card match And keep AJ and Rusev apart As much as possible Until that go home show Yeah 
uh, and then hopefully you can build on that. Next up, we got Jeff Hardy doing an upside down promo. He was upside down. Well, the camera was upside down. Yeah. And he had like a green face paint on. He had those green cloudy uh, eye things, eye contact lenses. Lent contact lenses. There you go. And the eye things. <laughs> and then the camera goes the right way up. I just, I, this isn't for me, but um, I get that people love Jeff Hardy and the the face paint stuff. But when I see this, I just think, Ugh. <laughs> do you get that with the with the eyes? And, uh, I think it looks quite Ugh. cool. I like it. Yeah, I do, it just makes me feel a bit. Ugh. He's an artist, man. Yeah, yeah, but he looks like a zombie. <laughs> um, then we got cross promotion. Yeah, so backstage, Lana and Naomi were arguing about dancing, and uh, all of a sudden. The cast of Glow walked in for, I believe, this is a record-setting nine <laughs> women standing in a row. Nine! It was wow. the, it was so many women standing in a row, the camera could barely have them all in shot. Had to keep tracking back and <laughs> getting them all in, yeah, for reactions. But in the, so if you've not watched Glow, you really should be, because it's a terrific show. The second season starts to, uh, Friday, in fact. So oh, this week? This week, yeah, hence why they oh, did yeah. the cross-promotion stage. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to the second season starting. I wish we were getting sponsored by them. Well, I could, we could get money for these plugs. Absolutely. But this is a genuine from-the-heart plug. It's Genu a really good show. I, I love it. And Alison Brie is so, so good in it, and the rest of the cast are really great as well. And um, Alison Brie, in that show, plays a Russian character. She's a Russian parody. She is an American, but she does does a Russian accent so they can do like because it's set in the 80s play off Cold War tensions and stuff like that um, and so they she and Lana got to do a bit of a skit talking about fake Russian accents which I thought was quite a nice little touch actually I yeah I so this was this, this was awkward because it was the nine women standing in a row and it was a quite in your face promotional grab but I didn't mind because Glow Naomi yeah that just makes sense and like you said, the the Lana and Alison Brie connection yeah. with the Russian accents. I just, yeah, I just thought that was smartly worked in. Yeah. When they all said at the end, feel the glow, that was already cringeworthy. But you could tell that Alison Brie thought that this was the dumbest thing ever because she did a very mocking police squad-esque freeze frame. Yes. Everyone else is dancing. She just went. Yeah, yeah. So she just freezes at the end with her fist in the air. And everyone else is still moving. Totally Do you think it was Police oh, Squad? It's totally, she's totally taken the piss out of what they were doing. Because she was probably like, this is very rubbish. I thought it was more um, someone just someone didn't tell her that <laughs> oh, no. there's not a freeze frame ending. I think you'd have noticed that everyone else around you was still moving. <laughs> but it really, well, it, it really made me laugh. But the, Laura Fun. It was a Laura Fun. But the weird thing coming out of this is they seemingly have set up a tag team of Naomi and Lana. Hmm. They're going to now be a, a tag team unit together, I guess, because why not, I guess? Because that's the best use of Lana. Yep. Hey, not... well, if your theories of a women's tag division on the horizon are true... Well, I didn't say there was a theory of a tag team division. It's just that, that apparently it's what Becky Lynch has been... She said in an interview that she has pitched a women's tag team division. To, I think probably because that gives her something to do. <laughs> I think that's, she can't get storylines any other way, so she's just trying to make her own she's trying to make her own luck. But you've got, WWE has also coalesced a lot of women together. So the the Bailey Sasha Banks counseling sessions, that could be a team. You've got Absolution, you've got Iconics, you've got Riot Squad. You've actually got loads of teams. you've got enough teams for a shared female tag division across the brand. Yeah, unfortunately if you do it if you had raw women's tag teams and Smackdown women's tag teams that's going to get old, very stale very quickly you'd have to call up a lot more I think you'd have you'd absolutely <coughs> have to but after that glow segment was 
the payoff to the Jeff Hardy promo. Do you want to take this away? Right, so Shinsuke Nakamura... This is the bad part. This is very much the bad part. So they announced that Shinsuke Nakamura was injured, which I didn't know, but you told me was because of a police dog attacked him. Yeah, so PW Insider reporting, and quite a few other places as well, so it's like probably totally legit. Uh, On Monday's house show during the day for SmackDown, a police dog was just doing... Well, a police dog with a police officer. It wasn't just a police dog. Everything in order? I was going to say, R- in, rough, rough. In uniform, getting ready Maybe for rough, rough, rough. Yeah, rough, 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 rough. Him. And <clears throat> he's just doing, he's sniffing every, everyone. I don't know how it works. And he goes past You're Nakamura. The son of a policeman. Police officer. S- sorry, police officer. Uh, ex-police officer. <laughs> but yeah. He never had a dog. Policeman They're different officer. divisions. Um, and he, that this dog goes past everyone. But when he goes past Nakamura... He bites him, bites him on the leg. And it was enough to pull him from Monday's show and this Tuesday show as well. Apparently, Nakamura was backstage yesterday still in pain. Oh, man, poor lads. Yeah, what because, a weird injury to because get. Because you and I theorised on the podcast that he was likely going to win the yeah. United States Championship here. Yeah, on account of Nakamura really needing a win, mm-hmm. the idea of him holding a US belt being a, a foreigner <laughs> and uh, Jeff Hardy pleading guilty but, and and kind of occasionally working injured so it's like there's quite a few reasons to take the belt off jeff so i mean it's so <laughs> interesting that you've just said then there's quite a few reasons there to take the belt off jeff so let's talk about okay, what happened okay. in this segment <laughs> so jeff essentially then laid out an open <coughs> challenge which was answered by eric young of sanity all of a sudden in my head i was like brilliant absolutely brilliant a i'm pretty sure this was being taped in canada so he, uh, I think it was in Ontario. You might want to double check that. But I, I could have sworn on Raw yesterday. They said like upcoming shows. They said SmackDown Ontario. I, that could be very wrong, but I went into the show thinking it was in mm. Canada. So that was my theory. I was like, Canadian guy possibly going to win the belt. And I thought, well, this is also great because you did a bit of a pants job of debuting Sanity last week. They just sort of did. There was something of nothing. This is a way to establish them as title contenders you've put them into a program here where they can win a belt even if they don't win the belt if they just put on a really good show and you do an f finish whatever at least you've made them look like legitimate contenders to something which is better than what you did last week then they proceeded to a botch a, a twist of fates like no one's business oh we nearly got all of it i think that's what they were said he nearly got all of it and then had the most boring match you could have possibly had which was just eric young putting on rest hold he would do a move right back to a rest hold he would do a move and then go back neck cranking and i was like this is eric young and jeff hardy these two could have a really good match what agent backstage was like do you know what you guys need to do rest holds and and nothing but rest holds nothing screams insane leader of a cult like uh, methodically working down your opponent with a a load of ground-based submissions infuriating Mm. and then the usos come out of the crowd they attack sanity at ring so or killian dane and and alexander wolf and then eric young jumps out and he joins into the brawl referee calls a dq and and that's it so eric young won by DQ, big quotation marks there for, for the win. And then that set up a six-man tag between Sanity and the Usos and Jeff Hardy. Sanity's first match on the main roster. Can you hazard a guess at what happened? They only went and bloody lost. Convincingly lost. And in that match, they also did nothing but rest holds. I mean, come on. Mm. You've had, and I only found this out because I miscalculated something earlier, <laughs> 
11 weeks since they were announced they were on the main roster. That's nearly three months to think of what you're going to do with this team. You did sweet FA last week, and you had them lose this week. How the hell can you F this up so bad? This is beyond ridiculous. This is beyond stupid. This is beyond bad booking. This is, ju- this is ineptitude. This is pure, unadulterated ineptitude. It's, it's bad stuff. So, so crap. And it's really, really damaged Sanity going forward. In, when, when Eric Young came out for the match against Jeff Hardy, there was no crowd reactions. There was no crowd reactions for him answering the challenge. There were no crowd reactions for the entrance. And everyone pretty much sat on their hands during the boring match as well. Um, which is, you know, they're, they're kind of dead in the water. I thought Wolf and Dane did a great job outside just doing their facial expressions, Wolf doing his manic laughing and Dane looking really angry. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it really, really misjudged and a choice to have them lose, especially when, and I hate this, you've got a unit who work together all the time, a three-man faction, and then you've got a makeshift unit of a tag team and a single star. Like, you've got an inbuilt reason there that they don't work as coherently together as a team as the the actual faction. So that's where they lose. There's your out. Jeff Hardy could have lost this convincingly and he would have been fine next week. Sanity losing this means they they are going to have... They are going to struggle significantly going forward and, you know, are probably ruined. Like, it's... And, and people are going to say, oh, you're, you're jumping too, the gun, you're soon, saying, look at the track record and tell me that this is going to get better. Like, Sanity are going to reach the potential that we all thought they could do and what they had in NXT. They were an NXT Tag Team of the Year, and that is a promotion with a lot of great tag teams. So it's it's very, very disappointing. And uh, the, the worst thing WWE have done since the Lashley Sisters segment which is astounding for a show this good, this episode, that yeah. this, this was in it. It was, I, I couldn't believe my mm-hmm. eyes when, when Jeff Hardy won and the Usos and Jeff Hardy stood tall. I was like, I, I couldn't believe what I was looking at. Yeah. And I, I, I said this in my SmackDown review. I was like, what is the US title doing for Jeff Hardy? Like, it's doing nothing for him at the moment. It's like, Jeff Hardy's not more over because he's US champion. And what do the Usos gain from beating Sanity? Like, on their first try. They gain absolutely nothing. So no one gets more over in them winning. But, like, Eric Young getting the title in a shock win, that's something that they can almost hang their hat on. And I'm not saying that every time an NXT call-up happens, they have to win a title or get put into main events or get put in title matches straight away. But you've got to do something. Because otherwise, they just end up as another act on the roster. And this has completely flattened them out. And I was thinking back to the three NXT call-ups that they've had on SmackDown Live. They had the Iconics, Andrade Cien Almas, and Sanity. Those were your three major call-ups. And what have they done with all three of them? Iconics have done nothing but lose every, every since they've come up to the main roster. Almas, this is incredible, has only had two matches in the 11 weeks since he's been here. And those were against two local competitors. So he has done nothing for 11 weeks. And Sanity were off TV for nine of the 11 weeks, did nothing last week, and then lost this week. And, and then I was thinking, was like, why... What would have, who would have really been hurt by Peyton Royce or Billy Kay being in the Money in the Bank women's match? Like, who, like, 
could have taken Lana out that match. It doesn't hurt Lana, but it gives Peyton Royce something. It gives Billy Kay something. You didn't know both of them, but having one of them in there would at least have made one of them look credible. But at the moment, they're nothing. They are, they are just two more bodies on the roster that lose all the time. These lads are now losing. Andrade is doing nothing but cutting backstage promos about, like, oh, we'll have a match soon. Cool. Manana. Like, man alive. I said this in the review. He was NXT champion in January and had what is probably going to be the best match WWE will put on all year in with in Gargano versus Almas. And what's he done coming up to the main roster? Like, it's absolute ineptitude and it's it infuriated me so much it, mm-hmm. it's, thank god this show finished with like the great team hell no stuff because i was pissed off with this so stupid it's really bad yeah well after that we got a becky lynch win <laughs> yeah becky- Yay! uh she took on sonia deville um i've just written here just how i'm sick of the riot squad taking on combinations of bailey sasha banks and ember moon how many times has Becky Lynch fought some combination of abstitution? Uh, I don't know. Because I'm also sick of that. Well, yeah, but again, Becky's doing absolutely nothing at the moment, is she? Like, she's on a win streak. She's on a win streak, but what's that leading to? Mm, yeah. Uh, so this was... I like Sonya Deville as a wrestler. I like Becky Lynch. I thought the first minute of stuff was pretty good. It was a bit of chain wrestling, both of them feeling each other out. That uh, Becky did that great thing where she matrixes up out of a pin... And then they had the commercial break. And then when they came back, something just felt off. Like they missed a spot and they didn't know what to do. So they just did roll up, roll up, roll up, roll up, roll up. And then Sonya tapped in the disarm, disarmor. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, not, not brilliant. No, it wasn't brilliant. But then we got James Ellsworth backstage. James Ellsworth is walking backstage and he walked into Ty Dillinger, who somehow has a worse haircut than I do. Like it, I mean, I'm not one to talk because I haven't got particularly, I'm not happy with the haircut that I've had over the last couple of weeks. But Matt, his hair looked absolutely horrendous. It looked like he hadn't tried. He looked a bit emo. Like, it was it, all swept Spider-Man 3 Peter Parker <laughs> style. Yeah, but that's like, that's a style that someone, you can pull that off. It looked like he hadn't even bothered combing his mm. hair because, again, it was like, so as I found where Ty Dillinger is, he's backstage doing nails, apparently. Yeah, and he had the the hypocrisy to call out James Ellsworth for having a bad face. I know. Because Ellsworth puts on the Asker mask again. He's like, mm, yeah, I do look good. Takes it off and Ty Dillinger's like, whoa, put it back on, man. Yeah, so good. Check yourself before you wreck yourself, Ty. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Then we got that Andre... Who? Andrade, Andre <laughs> the Giant Almas. <laughs> Memorial Battle Royal. And this is, again, a sort of thing where, like, uh, the other argument that we tend to be given whenever we talk about these t- really bad NXT call-ups, and I did make this joke in my um, SmackDown review, but I was like, it says a lot about the NXT call-ups on SmackDown when Raw has done more with No Way Jose. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, They've done more with Todd. <laughs> Todd, Todd, Todd. But like, So uh, the other uh, argument that you often get was like, well, you can't have everyone on TV every week. And that's true. You cannot have everyone on TV every week. This episode didn't have Samoa Joe, didn't have AJ Styles, didn't have Shinsuke Nakamura. Not everyone has to be on TV every week. But if you do nothing, if you do two things within 11 weeks, you need to have a better plan for when you call them up. Don't bother calling them up then. Especially those st- the, those top stars. People aren't going to forget. Like that, they, they can miss TV and not lose momentum or presence. In <laughs> one, fact, of them, it's, one of them is the WWE champion. Yeah, in fact, it's better to underexpose them. But when you're trying to build acts, you want them there repetition every week. There's the famous story about the New Age Outlaws. They're... 
ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, didn't actually catch on for six months. But they kept doing it week in, week out. And now we can recite that. Uh, verbatim. Yeah, verbatim. Just, just, yeah, other words that mean verbatim. <laughs> I don't know, my, my uh, brain's running out of energy here. So anyway, Ellsworth came out to reveal his new gimmick. He's a Twitter troll. He's a misogynist Twitter troll, which is easy to make fun of. Hey, he loves women. <laughs> That's it. That's and why... the feeling is mutual. <laughs> Awkward wink at the camera. Ellsworth's great. He's so good at the troll. And he came out because he wants to fight for the honour of comics. Hey, I love women. And then he wants to challenge Asuka to come down. This is a wonderful character. So he challenges Asuka to come down, Asuka to come down to the ring. Paige answers He takes instead. off his top as well. Yeah. Like, come on, let's do this. Oh, let's throw so down. good. Paige comes out instead. And she was like, Ellsworth, you know that Asuka isn't here this week. And I know that you know because you were walking around backstage asking everyone <laughs> if Asuka was here this week. You know she's at home in Japan. This is a great segment. And then she, like, you know, cut this promo on him. And he was like, oh, I get it. You want a date with me? It's not the only reason you came out here, Paige. <laughs> she was like, yeah, I do want a date. We're going to have a date next week. Oh, only it's not a date. It's a match. Oh, and it's not with me. It's a match with Asuka. Lovely setup. And Asuka versus James Ellsworth on TV next week. Hashtag yes, please. That sounds like it's going to be a lot yeah, of fun. You don't need to say hashtag. It's funnier when you do that. Is it, though? Yeah, it makes me sound like more of a dick. <laughs> uh, you're working them. You're working the, the listeners. Exactly. I, I I thought Paige was great here. Yeah. Ellsworth was great here. And I am so looking forward to uh, just a sort of Andy Kaufman-style match against Asuka. I'm really curious to see how it goes, because I don't want it to be an Asuka squash. I don't want Asuka to just lock in the armbar right away. I want... Ellsworth to get some to lay some fists in and get some genuine heat on Asuka. Yeah. Po- possibly by like Carmella cheating. I want I want this to be a five minute match. Yeah. And I want the crowd to really boo Ellsworth for beating up a woman. Yeah. Even you know, even though that woman is Asuka who's who can beat most men up. Um it, I just think there would be a I, but I don't know if WWE will do that because men beating up women even if they're more uh, physically matched, yeah. is is, uh, is, is problematic imagine, yeah. with some viewers. I imagine it's just going to be straight into the Asuka lock and and, and a tap out spot, or you know whatever heel, uh, whatever submission move she's currently working on at the mm. moment. Um, speaking of sort of comedy matches, I was kind of surprised. A. Keith Stevens was not in with the cast of Glow, the 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 third generation character. Uh, the the former Awesome Kong, the former oh uh, yeah oh of course yeah the former uh, the, awesome because Kong. the the other I don't want to say the big lady but the bit <laughs> yes. the, the big the lady the one who plays Machu Picchu that's the one yeah yeah, yeah. um so Kia Stevens who used to be Awesome Kong she was Karma in WWE yeah. I thought I, when they announced that the stars of Glow were going to be there I was like well I would have thought that she's there also she's a wrestler Karma. She might. I thought maybe they'll do a, an actual. They could do a match with Keir Stevens taking on. Do like it's not a bad show. Do like a five-minute comedy match just to set. You know, to to promote the show, mm. which would have been better than the backstage segment. But I get like she. I get she's retired and all this sort of stuff. So maybe she didn't want to do it. Also, do you remember what her glow character is? If she wrestled as her glow character, I wouldn't say do it as the glow <laughs> character. A very outdated '80s racial stereotype, which works within the confines of the program yeah. because they're addressing those stereotypes. 
but it wouldn't go down but well could, out of context. But you could just do her as Keir Stevens, the sure, actor. Sure. With you know, with the rest of the cast out there cheering her on. I think I've been really fun. Also, yeah. actually, I mean, and the rest of them have had legit wrestling training. Beat Lana. You've got the Beat, Russian exactly, thing there. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then after the Ellsworth segment, we got the Luke Harper, Daniel Bryan stuff. Yes. So what? Well, apart from that Eric Young sanity stuff, yeah, which is just just the worst and I get that they had to change plans because Nakamura was out injured originally it was going to be Nakamura Jeff Hardy but that's no excuse for short-sightedness on this level really damaging like you, you probably ruined sanity yeah I think it's quite safe to say well I, I will be safe to put a bet on that they've now ruined sanity and they're going to really struggle to come back from it mm. like just losing any I'll tell you how much like you know if you want to look for evidence of this look at the Iconics like the Iconics very rarely draw heat now, mm. and no one reacts to they their. They did at pro- the start. They did at yeah. the start. No one, re- no one really reacts to their promos now because it's hard to take them seriously when they lose a lot. Mm. But it is a testament to the Rusev Xavier Woods match, the Ellsworth stuff, and the terrific Brian Bludgeon Brothers Kane angle. Uh, that I would give this four out of five. I did the same thing. Mm. I really enjoyed the show. The, and as I said, without that sanity stuff, it could have been a smackdown show because I enjoyed everything else on the show. Yeah, one of the best episodes of the year. We mentioned on yesterday's show, I said that I've got a big email to read to you. And you were like, from the guy who went on the date. Yes. And I said no. Uh, J- Janin. Jaron Walker. Jaron. Jaron Walker. Jaron well, Walker. Who wants to walk with Jaron? Jaron did get in touch with us, actually. <gasps> no. I'm not sure. I'm not sure after yesterday's email. Again, I, I should really be reading. A, a lot of these we've got. I've got an order from Poetry Corner, so we, we'll go into Poetry Corner shortly. Uh, so, Jaron Walker, I don't know why. I always feel like I run home to tell my parents about every uh, about my day every time I write these emails. But here we go. Oh, like he means like it's it's like he's done something good at school. And then, mom, mom, yeah. Oh, so here we go. Right. Hi, mom and dad. So anyway, okay. So here's Jaron's email. So I know there's been a big speculation between the three of us as to whether or not I can call my new lady friend my girlfriend or not. Mate, this goes beyond the three of us now. (laughs) There's quite a few people listen to this show. Pod swafters, after swafters, (laughs) they're all getting involved. However, I now know the answer. During our second date to the Playland, the amusement park that I had previously mentioned, Mm. we ended up running into two girls from college that my lady friend knew. I've seen this porno. She was quick to go up and hug them and followed that up by pointing to me and saying like, by the way, guys, this is my boyfriend, Jaron. Get in, Jaron. I played it cool like a certified G that I am. And And got an erection immediately. (laughs) (laughs) And consensually gave the girls a handshake to greet them. I didn't even make a big deal about her calling my boyfriend. I'm just going to roll with it. I don't want to steer away from the fact that you guys are a big reason for me having an excuse to talk to this girl in the first place, so I need to sincerely say thank you to both of you guys. I'm not sure if you guys want to hear any more of this experience going forward, but I'll, gla- I'll, gladly, let you- I'll gladly let you know about anything noteworthy or humorous that happens during this, quote, relationship. Well Thanks again, done. Jaron. What a... Well, because Jaron does live in a... Wes Anderson indie film. <laughs> Second date was to a, an amusement park called Playland. Yep. Which sounds like it's for kids. Could be. Playland. Yeah. Well, you know, it's just, I think it might be just a general amusement. Okay. Uh, you know, name, I suppose. Over here, that sounds like a crash. 
Or, yeah, or a really rubbish... Uh, actually, no, it sounds more like a crash. I was about to say it sounds like a really rubbish bowling alley. Mm. But they've always got Hollywood Bowl or Mega Bowl. Yeah. Was, was, Mega Bowl was the one that was closest Super to me. Super Bowl. Yep. Uh, that's, uh, no, that's another thing. We used to just go down there to play the arcades uh, mm. as opposed to go bowling. But I have got one more email to well, read. I just wanted to... Oh. Yes, we do want to know everything that happens in this, quote, relationship, Jaron. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yeah, that's just keep it between us, us three, and all the listeners. <laughs> and I'm sure that will in no way blow up later when the lady person finds out. Who about is it. a fan of wrestling, as we know, because she mm. wears Bullet Club t shirts yeah. and Seth Rollins t shirts. She might have more t shirts. This is our first Wrestle Talk romance. It's nice. What if they get married? Oh my God. Do, we, do you think we get to go? Uh, yeah, if they pay our appearance fees. <laughs> Which are small at best. (laughs) Which are grossly affordable. (laughs) So I've got one more email to to read out before we get into Poetry Corner because there's a follow-up to yesterday's bombshell email from our anonymous friend uh, from... Well, where did he describe... Said he was going to come from? From Deepest Darkest darkest Scotland. Mm. So... We're just saying it. We're calling him Fitch. That's all. That's that's it. You know, it's just from Fitch. We don't know what his real name is. Fitch got in touch with us again. So just as a recap, uh, Fitch was messaging someone on Grinder who had my a photo of me as their profile, and that that like Fitch confronted this person and said, "Are you actually Ollie Davis? I don't think your girlfriend would be. Does she know about you being on here?" And this person said, no, not actually Ollie Davis. I uh, just use it because I'm not out to my friends and family, which is fine. I, I think that's quite a sweet use of my image. But then Fitch was talking to his friend and found out that this friend had been messaging the person pretending to be me. And this time they were exactly pretending to be me, introducing themselves as YouTube star Ollie Davis. YouTube personality Ollie uh, Davis. Not star? Star's a bit big. YouTube mega celebrity <laughs> Ollie Davis. And that's the bit that makes me uncomfortable. Well, anyway, so Fitch gets in touch again. Hi, guys. You won't believe the shock in me when I heard Luke begin to read out my email. I thought I'd send you a wee update about how things stand. I actually had that previous email written out for a few weeks and have been humming and hawing about whether to send it or not. When I was drunk, as you'll see by the time it was sent, I thought, <laughs> screw it, and popped it off to you. When Typical did... Scottish person. Um, has we got the details of when it was sent? Oh, 1.48 a.m. So, nice. Yeah, nice. Um, where are we? <clears throat> I had been speaking to that guy on and off since all of this occurred, but rarely more than the odd, how's your day been, etc. from my perspective. Anyway, since then, I've met someone, not technically on Grinder, and we've been on a date and another planned for next week. We drink in the same local and had smiled at each other here mm. and there, but given we live in a pretty staunch ex-mining community, you never can be sh- too sure whether someone is smiling at a friendship or something more. Then, during our regular pub quiz, I realised that I'd spotted him on Grinder, so must be gay. I had a quiet word with him outside, and stumbling over my words in between bouts of flushes, managed to get out that I was gay too. He told me that he was relieved because he was too shy to talk to me himself. Wait, we are romancing all over the place. 
Anyway, he doesn't like wrestling, but after our first date, I showed him Total Divas and he absolutely loved it, so there is hope yet. As for Mr. Catfish, I've blocked him on WhatsApp and rejected his Facebook friend request. My date and I had a wee glance on Grinder, and he wasn't back as Ollie from what we can tell, so hopefully he's learned a lesson. Keep up the consistent work and thank you for advice thank you for your advice. You're both good eggs. Kiss. Ah. Well, I'm very happy that it's it's working out in the dating world for you Fitch absolutely especially if it's in that small mining town but those like th- those do tend to be like you know closed-minded communities or maybe not closed-minded these days but just difficult to to come out to um but they're also like the main subject of all coming of age gay films in Britain well I think that's because it, it's a like an- pride Billy <laughs> Elliot all in a mining town that's because it's an interesting uh, place to set a film, I suppose. I was watching it. There's I think a, it's the tunnels. <laughs> this documentary on Channel it's 4. It's hot and sweaty down there. Called um, One Year to Find Love. Mm. And it's about these people who have given themselves one year to fall in love. And it's, I mean, there's quite a broad... The, the parameters of it are very, very loose. And you can tell why it's essentially gone straight to 4OD. Yeah, um, that's never a good sign. Yeah, or all four. But the gimmick of it is that everyone is just... no. There's no camera crews. Everyone's just filming everything on their phones. So it's all just like self-shot, self like Smackdown stuff. promos. Like, like Smackdown promos. A whole show of Smackdown promos that aren't scripted. I would tear my eyes out <laughs> if I ever had to watch that show. There are some people on there who are abhorrent. Um, <laughs> there's one uh, girl on there who went to the, um, the, Henley, uh, the Henley Gala um, yeah. you know, just like, and said it was the best day of her entire life. And I thought, oh, what a, what a small life you have led. Hey, maybe she likes, she mm. likes boats. Well, maybe. But um, anyway, there was a, a guy on there who was from, I believe, uh, like one of the isles of something. Um, it, it's like an it's an island that is about two miles long. Sure. And he is a a, a gayman, and he, when refreshing Grinder, there's like only ever two results, and he's met, <laughs> and he's met both of them and didn't get on with either of yeah. them. And he refreshes like there are no more results left, and he's like, "You have completed this <laughs> island. <laughs> exactly. Move like, on to the next like, territory." How can I meet someone when there's yeah. literally no other gay people on this island? Well, um, I assume a sexy supply teacher would come over to fill in for a term, <laughs> and you can have a whirlwind romance. Well, if he is, if he's a listener, then maybe he can hear that bit of advice. I mean, I, I haven't watched the rest of the show. Mm. And I don't think I will. I mean, my, my wife kind of liked it, but I, I thought it was fine. Anyway, Life's too short. Do you want to quickly step into Poetry Corner? Wait, what was the point of that, of talking about... Oh, just because it was someone... Yes. <laughs> I forgot what... I was like, why are we talking about that? Yeah. Okay, let's have one poem because we've got a whole ramble club to record. We do indeed. This is from Andy Burgess. Uh, this is my first creative outlet in over 10 years. Wow. Sorry in advance. Thank you for being consistently awesome. Love you. Bye. So here's his poem. I'm looking forward to this. The youngest, the most gifted, with darkness in their soul, destroying our forebears, our fathers our kin no one was spared no mercy for our bands even my own family someone had to act our battles are eternal who will be the iron man feuding over trinkets popularity and fame we thought ourselves as gods the masters of our trade we were merely puppets displayed at our tyrant's whim forced to duel forever despite the world's disdain and he called it a partially vague wrestling poem. So to me, I mean, there's quite a few things that could be, but I, my, my mind instantly went to Undertaker and Kane. 
and I couldn't shake it from that point off. Mm. Well, what did you? Who do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, the youngest, the most gifted, that would be Kane. But surely, then the Undertaker would be the the, the most, gifted. most gifted. Is is the giftest? But like, I was the you know, um, no mercy for our band. I thought was as an interesting line. Um, our battles are eternal. Who will be the Iron Man? So yeah, the maybe, Iron Man jarred in that. Maybe it's something like um, could be Shawn Michaels Triple H. Um, like the, tuning up the band, tuning up the band. They are that they're, they're their friendships. The youngest being Triple H. Uh-huh. Not sure if you could argue that he's the most gifted. Maybe I'm not sure. Our fathers, our kin. There's lots of stuff in there. It's, it's interesting. Ah, well, uh, Anthony, send us in. Andy, Andy, Andy Burgess, send us in what that all means. But I, I thought that was very good. I'm happy that people are sending this stuff in. I've got loads of poetry. Really, I've got loads. So people don't say that they love Poetry Corner, but they do submit their own poems. Yeah. So I've got. Um, I've got. So that's kind of like saying they like it. Pretty much. I've got. I mean, this is what I like. Looking in my emails, I've got um, a lot, a lot of crap gimmicks. I've got poetries, I've got correspondence about people meeting wrestlers, and I've got some more Agony Arts requests that we can look at on future episodes. Oh, yes, please. So, and we've even got, like, how WrestleTalk brought me out of fan retirement. Nice. I love those stories. I have, I've, before we go, <laughs> just this one from Buttered Toast, who is a, ple- a pledgehammer, who, uh, this is not, uh, he's written here, not very good at poetry, but I made a haiku. Ooh, haikus. Hey, if you want to write something and send it in, and you, and you need structure, and you don't want it to take a lot of time, haikus are your friend. Or like a haiku or a limerick, which is a rhyming version of a haiku. And if you want to uh, remember what a haiku is, just watch that scene from Wayne's World. It's like, we're looking down on Wayne's basement. But that's not Wayne's basement. Isn't that weird? <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's probably better <laughs> ways. But yeah, let's, let's hear the haiku. Luke and Ollie rule. Wrestle Talk is number one. Support Wrestle Talk. Yeah, I, did. I mean, that's more of a list of things. <laughs> I like haikus that end in a, a question mark or, or just like a, a weird line at the end. Have you ever seen Danny Dyer do... Sorry, Buttered Toast, that was good though. Um, do, have you ever seen Danny Dyer do haikus? No. I will show you a video after this recording. <laughs> it's just him in a, in back alleys of a football stadium set like same haikus. And he goes... That's actually really deep. <laughs> and it, it's, it's very, very funny. Danny Dyer is a man who understands what Danny Dyer is. <laughs> nice. Well, I suppose that's all we've got time for for today's podcast. We will be back on Saturday with the magazine show. Um, but also, there will be some fantasy booking warfare. Or, actually, I mean, what, what schedule are we looking at? Are we going to release the magazine episode on Friday? No, no, on Saturday. But when's uh, Fantasy Book and Warfare? Dub would go up on Sunday. On Sunday. So yeah. you're going to get Fantasy Book and Warfare on Sunday and the magazine show on Saturday. So a full weekend of podcasts. You've, you've said it now. That's the first time we've said FB Dub is this weekend. Oh. We, we've been meaning to do it for the last couple of weeks, but we keep stumbling over... Timing. And doing it. Yeah, like, I, I, I think we've got to do it now. Oh, we do, we do, we do. But um, I, I'm just, I'm not... I can't, I can't get my teeth into this story. Neither can I. Yeah, it's tough. It's, I mean, bearing in mind that we've now had, say, six weeks to, to prepare this. We're overdue. We're overdue. And if we if we deliver something that is really half-assed, like, it's sanity levels of, like, no plans in place. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, we'll see you at the weekend. I'm sure it'll be great. Love you, bye.
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.